Today's deep dive into Falcon and Winter Soldier is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Cufflinks.com. Head on over to Cufflinks.com slash DVR for all your men's apparel needs, baby. They've got cufflinks. They've got tie bars. They've got pins. They've got ties, socks, all the awesome stuff that you need to look good when you step out your door in the morning or when you turn on that computer and you're on Zoom. Because let's face it, people, you still got to look good. Come on, enough with the bedhead. We're a year in, the light is at the end of the tunnel. We got to start thinking about the future, people. Looking good out there in public. So head on over to cufflinks.com now. Use code DVR20 and save 20% off your order, no minimum. Go to cufflinks.com slash DVR today. Welcome to One Mike and Daily DVR's Deep Dive into the Falcon and Winter Soldier. Today we're going to be talking about Season 1, Episode 3, entitled The Whole World is Watching. Once again, directed episode by... Four. Oh, Episode 4! <laughs> yes. Thanks, Delvin. That's our guest already helping me out. <laughs> episode 4. Didn't change it in my notes. Uh, but it is, once again, directed by Kari Skoglin and written by Derek Kolstadt. Now, whether you're watching on YouTube or listening to the podcast, please do leave a like, subscribe, and write us a review. Also, check out Mike's Instant Reaction, which is on the One Mike channel. We also want your feedback. We have a little bit of feedback, so hit us up at DBR Podcast or leave a comment on the video. My name is Axel. With me, of course, is Mike and our special guest, Delvin Cox, who's already spoken. I'll let them say hello. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. Uh, ready to talk about another good episode. I've been enjoying the season. We got two more left. So, and this one I think gave us the most talking material. So, uh, at least at least from a perspective of like something beyond, I liked this action sequence, or I like you know. Some, I think we got a little bit more depth here yeah. and a little bit more uh, interesting stuff to discuss. A little different than what we have in the first three. Yeah, this was a great episode. And Delvin, welcome to the show. How you doing? Tell us a little bit about yourself and whatever else you want to say. I am host of the Delvin Cock Experience. I love Falcon and Winter Soldier. <laughs> Those are the main two aspects you need to know. Also, protect black women unless they're the door Milaje, then they'll protect you. Yeah. <laughs> Better. Here, cheers to that. Yeah. Well, this was a great episode. Um, let's see. We had a little bit of feedback to start us out from both our friend Andy and his wife, too. Oh, two separate bits of feedback. Look at that. Andy and Claire, the Theobalds, have have given us a lot of feedback, and it kind of helps us kind of jump right in, and it it clues into, let's just kind of get into it, something that you talked about and that what most people are talking about, which is let's just start right at the end, which is with John Walker killing Nico, a flag waver who we had seen earlier in a scene speaking with Carly. He had told us he was a fan of Captain America. Well, he's not too much of a fan anymore. Uh, that, he got a little up and close, comf- too comfortable to that shield in the face. Um, but um, Claire just starts out saying John Walker has to go, hated him from the get go. 
but now I cannot even look at my son's Captain America merch without being deeply disturbed by his Ooh. actions. She's Ouch. going to the merch, hitting Disney where it hurts. <laughs> um, but let's let's just let's talk about it right from the beginning, Mike. You know, you talked about it from the get go. How much you disliked him? I had a different feeling because of the actor. I was a huge fan of Lodge 49, where he plays this hippie, like lovable, could never hurt a fly type of dude. And now he's obviously not playing that part here. Um, but Delvin, what what is your feeling about what we've seen from John Walker throughout this series and particularly in this episode ending with him, you know, murdering Nico in front of a whole crowd uh, of people? simulcasting it onto uh, YouTube, Facebook, whatever, all over the world. I honestly think this was his best episode. And, I, and I'll tell you why, because this episode showed the struggle that it is and the pressure it is to hold up the mantle of something as prestigious as Captain America. And the fact of the matter is that he, frankly, this episode, more than anything, this episode shows that he's not cut out for that role. And not, not only because he killed the person at the end. Captain America killed people in many films. <laughs> like, he was dropkicking dudes through walls. I'm surprised that those people didn't live. But the whole, the whole thing about it is... That's a great point. There's a certain honor and dignity that Captain America always did when he goes into battle. And even when the odds are against him, and even he always tries to find a way to do the right thing. And John Walker, he always, even when he started... He always seemed like he was trying to be Captain America and also live in that shadow of Captain America. Like, for example, when this whole Super Serum Serum thing came out, he wanted to take that so he could have the strength of Captain America because that would make him stronger. He's always trying to get stronger, better, and faster. When he first met with Falcon, he made a little comment about how, oh, you, you could be my sidekick. Kind of kind of like leading on to that. And in this episode, he starts to see that I'm, this job that I've kind of wanted to do, I'm not really cut out for it. And several aspects of this episode show that, like the whole thing where he tries to to kind of put his will on the door, Balaje, and they kind of like beat the crap out of him relentlessly, but to the point where Bucky and Falcon have to save his ass. And if they wouldn't have, if they wouldn't have saved. They would have literally killed him easily. And off, and also. The, the one scene where the Dorbelage basically gave him pity. Like she was going to take the shield from him because, honestly speaking, the shield is made out of Wakandan metal. So it's all, it's every much, very much so in their right to take that back. But they were like, she's not even worth taking it back. Just give it to him, let him go. He felt shame and humility. And in that one big moment in this episode where he took the super soldier serum and still was not able to save his friend. And yeah, it was an accident or whatnot, but he wasn't able to protect the one person this whole series that he cared anything about. Yeah. He failed to protect that person. And he kind of lost it. He didn't know how to handle it. Whereas Captain America, when he loses people, he understands that's part of war, but he doesn't go out for revenge. He goes out for justice. I think there's a difference between justice and revenge. John Walker doesn't know that line. Frankly speaking, no, definitely. Man. Oh, go uh, ahead. Go ahead, Axel. Oh, okay. 
You want me to go or you want to go? Oh, no, go ahead. I actually have a question for you as well. So I, I kind of like for you to, to give your thoughts. Then I want to ask you my question and then I'll give mine. Oh, okay, cool. Um, yeah, it was, I mean, you could see it coming. It was building up. Delvin, like you said, when you go back and you think about the conversations that he had, particularly with Lamar, RIP, um, it's it was all about remember one of the first things he said Lamar said to him is you can't punch your way out of this one right and he made reference to um that fateful night when all these people died we could have saved people in Afghanistan right like so perhaps there is a history here too of John Walker acting in this way um now, when you think about why they, why Steve Rogers was chosen, part of the thing was that when we first see him, because I just was rewatching Captain America with my son, and you get that kind of not great CGI when his head, he looks like a little baby where his head is so huge, oh, yeah. and he's walking around like this, right? His yeah, little yeah. stick figure body. And um, there was that scene, just like in the first episode of this uh, show, when when he's getting beat up with the garbage can in the alley. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there, we understand like his background, so we we only have to infer from these little statements that we're getting that John Walker already has this attitude within him and the and and playing into the whole speech that Zemo had about supremacy and that this the serum and it's also what Stanley Tucci said in the original movie that serum makes you more of what you are mm-hmm. um i think that this is just this is who this dude is you know what i mean and i think you know, there's been some interesting interesting things written about how he kind of exemplifies American militarism. Um, and I think that's an interesting aspect, too. Just overall, I found it kind of shocking. I honestly didn't think that, um, speaking of merch, I didn't think that Disney would go there. And I think it's kind of cool that they did because, like Claire said, to think about my son actually gave his little Captain America shield to the kid down the street and he was just running around with it. And I saw it and I thought the same kind of thing. Like I even saw like the blood dripping from it, you know? <laughs> um, but yeah, that's what I thought is I thought it was kind of a, uh, a ballsy move for them to do this. And, you know, they didn't go all the way there. Like you didn't see a crushed head. Like it wasn't the Snyder cut of it. Like all of a sudden it turned black and white and there's all this crushed goo or something but it was pretty it was pretty moving you know i it shocked me actually i think there's before you go mike i think there's a cool juxtaposition when with the end of civil war and the end of this episode whereas steve rogers Mm -hmm. was over iron man the same way it was could have easily killed iron man at that point in time but chose mercy and john walker was placed in the same position and chose death I think that's a cool, cool cinematography for that matter. And it showed a kind of parallel between these characters. That's a good point. I hadn't considered that. Um, the 
what Axel said about the the final scene being shocking. The, fir- the first thing I want to point out about the final scene is I I just thought that was a cool closing shot to the episode, like the blood dripping from the bottom of the shield and the way it was shot from from down looking up. Like I thought that was just a cool shot to end the episode. But um, as far as as John himself goes, like like Axel said, I haven't liked him from day one. It was but it was it was always kind of based on not like nothing really important. It was like, you know, at the, he shows up at the end of episode one. I'm like, oh, I don't like this new Captain America's face. Like he has a very hittable face. He looks like Joffrey. I don't like him. Episode two, it was kind of like, oh, OK, now, now he's kind of grinding my nerves. But uh, it was it was more of a like, I don't like the fact that he keeps talking to Sam and 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 Bucky with this entitlement. Like just like he I, I wouldn't go so far as to call it disrespectful, but it's more of a just it's it's Privilege. not quite it's yes it's 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 like a lack not disrespectful but a lack of respect like kind of sitting yeah. in that space in between and and i didn't care for that so like now now we get to see him fully turn into who he is and now i think everybody everybody fucking hates him but um one of the things that i thought was kind of cool uh from a technical sense anyway from how they did this is i like the fact that john went to lamar i believe hoping that Lamar would talk him out of taking the serum because hmm. he seemed very concerned at the idea of him taking the serum. Like, like you could tell he was considering it. And that was interesting to me because when he pocketed it originally, I was like, Oh yeah, he's definitely going to take that shit. But then when he started talking to Lamar, he's like, yeah, you know, uh, if you could take the serum, would you do it? Like he's, he was very, uh, uh, he was questioning whether or not he was going to do it. And Lamar said the same thing that uh, uh, I think his name's er- Erskine in, in the first, Captain America, the guy yeah. Stanley Tucci played. Yeah. Um, yes. and he says he he said that the thing about it making you more who you are. And he's like, Would you take it? Hells yeah. Like he was, you know, and then he kind of like he gassed him up. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That surprised like, you're totally me. You're dude. right. Like, like you could totally take it. Yeah. <laughs> and then they have him take it off camera, which I thought was a very smart choice as well, because I'm sitting here watching him fight. And then it's like seeing the results of the fight. There was a moment I was like, oh, shit, he took the fucking serum. <laughs> and, I, <laughs> yep. and I thought I thought that was a wise, uh, a wise technical choice by uh, uh, what's, her, what's her name? The director, Kari, Kari Scoglin. Yeah. I thought it was a wise uh, choice for that. But um, and th- the last thing is what I wanted to ask Axel. Uh, you mentioned, like, you know, at the beginning that you didn't really, you know, you didn't really have any issue with him and you really like the actor. Uh, how do you feel about the character now versus at, at, in episode one? But more importantly, how do you feel about the actor? Because from how you described him in Lodge 49, and I've seen stills <laughs> from that show. I haven't seen the show, but I've seen the stills. I feel like this guy must be really fucking yeah. good. He, yeah, I th- and you know what? He has played characters like this. He was in a movie um, that the name is escaping me, Overlord, where it was it was actually it was about Nazis creating Great like movie. vampires and some kind of creatures, right? And he, yes. he's tougher in that movie too. He doesn't. He's kind of. I don't. I don't. I can't remember if he's like a bad guy, but I do remember that he has. He's much rougher than he is, and he's more like he is in this show. Um, I think he's got great range. I think that the buildup was a little fast, but this is a six episode series, you know, and it seemed like they could have given it a little bit more than one, the little conversations they have, but that's still more than we're getting in the movies. A lot of times where things are happening 
so fast, you know, you just have to fill in the blanks. So generally speaking, I think that he built it up well. I think he acted it very well. And I think the character, we still don't know. And I think we're going to find out more about what happened between him and Lamar in the past. And because it seemed to me, like you said, Mike, you made a great point. It's almost like Battlestar was his conscience, right? And like his wife, too. He seemed like the kind of man who had no strong sense of right or wrong. He needed the guidance of other people. And that's not the type of person that you want to give that kind of power to. Man, great point. He was very easily propelled by the momentary emotions that he was feeling instead of what was really better for everyone involved. And that's something that Steve never did. And that's something that Sam wouldn't do that Bucky wouldn't do. Um, But we did see him do it. And we also though, to flip it a little bit, we also see a, a big turn too from let's not forget the reason why he did, why he ended up killing the guy, not take the serum which is Carly kills Battlestar. And that was kind of, I wanted to talk about that because I thought it was so strange the way these superhuman beings are beating the living shit out of each other. People are flying, right? Things are almost hitting people and they're grabbing them, right? And even every battle. But then when somebody actually dies in front of them, it's like they all got woke up and they're like, holy shit, we're actually fighting each other here. <laughs> you know, I have a question for both of y'all before we move yeah. on to that topic. My question is this on the subject we talked about before. Do you think there'll be consequences for John Walker because of this? Cause I think because I asked this question because truthfully speaking, he killed a terrorist, quote unquote. Well, how do you define consequences? Because, okay, let's. Let's lay it on the line. Like, do you mean consequences as far as like his role as Captain America specifically, or just consequences in general? Uh, his role in terms of his role as Captain America, or will because he is essentially at this point, he is a U.S. agent. He works, pun <laughs> <Yes>. intended, <laughs> but he he yeah. works for the government. His job is to get the job done and to be like a public figure. But this type of stuff is kind of par for the course for the government. They want you to, they look at this group as a terrorist organization. They kind of want you to take them out. So this feels like something that while we, the viewers, see it as a horrible thing, the government's like, no, no, he was just doing his job. Battlestar got killed by this terrorist group and he's going back hunting them down. So they, this situation can easily be flipped and make, make it look like definitely Falcon and Bucky are the bad guys in the situation. Yes, and I I I see where you're going with that, and I, I think I can see that happening. But I think that if they want to mirror this as much as they can to real life, they're going to have to his his consequences. Whatever happens with him is going to have to be based off public perception, like the cameras recording the video of what happened. That's I, you know pretend like this happened in real life. That shit's going to be all on Twitter. 
Everybody's going to be retweeting it. Everyone's going to be talking about it. People are going to be writing think pieces. This ain't no Steve Rogers, you know, like those kinds of things. And you might, and then you're going to have people making the case that, that you just made. Oh, I won't say making a case, but you know, making that point. So I think it's going to have to, uh, whatever happens is going to have to be based on how the public perceives it. And I feel like the public perception isn't going to be, uh, looked at so pragmatically. Like they're not going to be like, well, this happened to Battlestar and this, ha-. like, I feel like the public perception is going to be, we just saw a guy with a uh, Captain America shield dressed like Captain America doing some shit. Steve Rogers would never fucking do. And I, I so my gut says, yes, there will be consequences because the public won't stand for it. But your point about the government being okay with it is highly fucking valid. So uh, I guess I guess I kind of land on I don't know. But uh, I think if, if it's based on public perception, as I feel like it should be, as things are today in 2021, you are far more likely to be indicted metaphorically uh, by the public and have that affect your career than you are whoever it is that actually handles your career saying you fucked up i'm taking this away it's usually in response to the public saying we don't fuck with you no more and so like if it wants to be based on reality it needs to tie in with how the public is going to perceive that cell video yeah yeah i think i think that they definitely try to cover it up and if they had some of that batman shit where they could like go into everyone's phone and change it so he screams <laughs> I've got a gun and I'm going to shoot you Captain America and then he slams the shield on his head they do it <laughs> I think um I think that the show might end up playing with the cop incident before and Mike I keep on remembering what you said in like Bucky gets woke where that vi- early video is played with this video and somehow they juxtapose how this, how like Sam and Bucky are being treated and how this guy is treating other people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think that it could lead. Um, I think that the in this show, I would guess that the powers that be that appointed him Captain America are going to try to cover this up or make up for it in any way or like like uh you were saying even blame Sam and Bucky for it or maybe even bl- maybe blame um the terrorists themselves or say he had a bomb or something like that you know what i'm saying but mm-hmm. i think that the public thing what you're saying mike is where it's at because it is a marvel show so you think you'd think that they're going to in this world, the public is going to be outraged, but we do know what country we live in people in the real world. And we know that probably 70 million or so people give or take would think, Oh, that's strong. Captain America should kill motherfuckers when they're terrorists. And this is what we, this is what (laughs) we need to see. This is, this is America, right? Like in America, like, you know, we don't hide the blood, go do it. America. Like this was the best thing. Like people who were saying, like, I was waiting for Steve Rogers to do this shit. He was too nice the whole time. Yeah, oh, you know man, that, would, that would hit too close to home. I'd be, but I'd that's, be but think that about shit. it. Now, you I know, don't, you know, the, the comic touches on that a little bit. Yeah. I don't know if Disney's going to go there, but the truth of the matter is that's what would happen in real life. It is what would happen in real life. Yeah. Fox yeah. news would be putting that on. Every break would be a new graphic of him with the bloody shield. 
right? And they um, would interview him like three exa- times a day. Uh, yeah, you kidding? Yeah, and they would and they would call the people who thought what he did thought that what he did was crossing the line. They would call those people snowflakes or cowards yes. or Thugs whatever. Yeah, and, no, you're yeah. right. Exactly. <laughs> patriotic. Yes. So yes. I think that that's what they're trying. I would like if they did that. Honestly, I would like that. I that'd wonder. Some, you know, I do wonder. Some pretty risque shit for yeah. them to do. I, I dig that. They have been surprising us. And look, this whole episode is steeped in this. Um, and you know, like we've talked about before, it's not as overt as it was, say, in Watchmen or Lovecraft Country or something that dealt more directly with American its racial history past and present but i think that this shows i mean look the whole episode really starts out with zemo talking about white supremacy that's what he's talking about supremacy and now that carly's got the little bit of the white supremacy in her she right you know what i'm saying like she's working for disney she's willing to kill people you know like remember i was saying we were kind of contemplating mike last episode if because they distilled this serum from Isaiah, did it have his anger in it, right? Or his injustice in it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an interesting idea because the conversations that play out, especially between Carly and Nico and then Carly and Sam, this was an interesting episode because though it had some fucking awesome action scenes that were super fun too, um, it also had a lot of like two-handers, just people w- talking to each other about their emotions and their ideas. Uh, so I do think that there's a possibility that they go in that direction where there's a group of people who are who like this Captain America. Oh, that, I, that I would I, as much as I don't like this Captain America, but I don't like this Captain America for like literal in world reasons. Like that's just kind of like what I'm supposed to be feeling as a viewer. But as someone who's looking at this from the perspective of someone who's going to talk about this show, uh, you know, on its merits, like, is this a good show or not? I would love if they did that. Like, I think that'd be a really uh, brave decision to make, which I mean, they've shown with WandaVision. They're down with making brave decisions. Uh, with what they want to how they want to present something I, I think that'd be really cool if they if they did that because we were definitely supposed to be coming away from that episode like yo what the fuck with this guy and if people come back and are like like oh man it's about time captain america got some balls i'm like yo yeah. this yeah. is just yeah. like real life yeah. and then you add to the fact that and this is something we didn't touch on yet that sam and bucky bust out a war criminal they put they literally bust ah, a war criminal out of jail point. Great point, man. That's so true. That can easily be flipped around like, hey. Hey, hey, he bust himself out, oh. man. <laughs> oh no, Delvin, that's a great point. You're right. That could further be used to frame them. And yeah. I that's why I'm kind of thinking like I came into this series thinking that it was gonna be basically like some sort of kind of who gets the shield, Bucky, or that's really what it's about. But I'm thinking, like you said that, and it kind of reminded me as I was, as they were getting hunted down when they first met up with John and Battlestar, they just walk up on him in the street. (laughs) I love when that happens in the MCU, right? People are always just like, oh, hey, look, there's another superhuman. (laughs) Oh, let's talk. We're just walking down the street, right? And then you look in the background and everyone's like videotaping them. (laughs) It's just weird. Um, But uh 
Oh, shit. I lost my train of thought because that made me laugh. I thought about videotaping superheroes on the street. I don't remember what the fuck I was talking about. <laughs> that is a funny concept. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What was I talking about? Fucking Spider-Man right there over in, uh, over at Denny's. Yeah. <laughs> hey, aren't you, aren't you the Winter Soldier? Why are you doing this coffee shop? <laughs> <laughs> what are the odds? Me and, me and the Winter Soldier in Latvia hanging out. I know. <laughs> like, that is funny, man. Oh, gosh. I, I can't. I don't even remember what my. Do you, do you guys remember what I was saying before that? Um, no. Let's see. You Nobody were saying. <laughs> you were saying it's weird that people. <laughs> Walk down the street and see other suit. No, I, I, it was too early in the. It was too All early right. in your point. <laughs> <laughs> I'll find it somewhere. But I did want to bring up one thing, which I want. Which um. Oh, it had to do with Delvin talking about uh, Falcon and and Sam. And oh yes. Out a, oh okay. War criminal. Maybe they'll yeah. end up at the end of this. Maybe because they keep on talking about destroying the shield. Get and Andy brings this up in his letter. Which is Andy was saying, and remember how earlier Red Wing got destroyed and Andy wrote us that letter in the first episode about how in the MCU shit is always getting destroyed, right? Maybe the shield will get destroyed or they'll steal it. And really at the end of this series, they'll be both be on the run like against the government because we do have the history of all these different acts and superheroes. You know, I can't remember what was the name. Now they're trying to do this new patch act they mentioned in this too. So I think that they're setting us up for that kind of civil war esque thing where maybe they're on the run again away from the government, you know, for breaking Zemo out and stealing a shield being involved in this. And they're going to be the bad guys, you know? I can honestly see them going forth with kind of like a Dark Avengers type feel. And what I mean by that, like a, hey, this is a government-funded Avengers group who essentially worked for the government that's led by U.S. agent, per Mm, se. Yeah. But but they run government-funded exercise. Basically, what Captain America was constantly talking about in Civil War, what he did not Mm want to see. He didn't want Avengers as a weapon. But yep. the government wants the Avengers as a weapon to do all their dirty work. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I can and easily see them going that route. Like, hey, here's our Avengers. Like an SS, which is basically, I mean, Super Soldier S. I mean, I think the origin of this of Captain America himself, the Super Soldier Serum, comes from actual Nazi experiments. Yes. And also the fact that we we all know now that all the Nazis were on drugs. They were all on amphetamines. They were constantly hepped up. And that was a big part of the Nazi regime. So I think that w- kind of winding that history into what we're talking about is re- some really interesting shit, man. You know, and I like the. I have to say, I like the way that they mention this stuff. And they they give us an into it and they talk about it. Um, but I think that they've done a pretty decent job of keeping it a kind of um, understandable for everyone and offering enough for you to kind of pontificate on and go deeper on um, without, like you were saying earlier, Mike, without being preachy or without being kind of saying like, this is what Disney's saying to you, 
You know, I think they're doing a pretty good job of this, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so talking about Carly uh, briefly, I also want to talk. There was uh, something you said, actually, that triggered another thought in my mind. Oh, it was. Um, oh, never mind. I lost it that fast. Uh, anyway, uh, when Carly inadvertently killed uh, Battlestar, yeah. I'm not going to call him Lamar. I'm going to call him a name that he's earned, <laughs> Battlestar. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah, you, you can see that there was the immediate regret and shock in her face. And that made me think of what we mentioned about the idea of this serum having some some form of like Isaiah in it to yeah. where like in the moment she was like, you know, pissed off doing, you know, doing like lost control of her emotions. And then in that moment when she saw what she had done, that shock of like, oh, wait, I did this isn't what I was trying to do at all. And um, I thought that was a, a good moment for for that actress. Uh, that was just uh, that was a fun scene overall. Like that, I, like from from top to bottom. Like the, the both that scene and the fight scene with the Dora Milaje and uh, and uh, John. Man, they they keep they keep re- they really are consistently keeping me very pleased with these battle sequences. It's a, it's really it's really fantastic. Um, the one thing I wanted to, cause when we were talking about the super soldier and the Nazi stuff, one thing that I found interesting and, and you, someone mentioned it earlier in the, in how the fight scene, how both the shield, how black women take from these two white guys, right? The shield and his fucking arm too. When she takes Bucky's arm off, she just goes, and his arm just drops down onto the fucking ground, right? And then you remember that both of these things came from Wakanda, right? And what they're Mm -hmm. fighting about. I think that the layers of that, and then you have that white guy decide after that happens to take this fucking Nazi super soldier serum. I think is just such an interesting, and then he goes and he kills this other guy. I th- after his partner is killed, they're just building such interesting and intricate historical and present resonance throughout the storyline. Uh, I think it's just really super interesting. And the one shot too, when she's holding the shield. Is I wish that they had done a little bit more of a hero shot of that instead mm-hmm. of showing it from the side. They had kind of pulled around like that because I think that's an idea, too. They keep on talking about and I wanted to ask you guys, what do you think about this idea? Because they have the idea of like Thor's hammer, right? Like only a good person can hold the hammer. And then we see that Steve gets to pick up the hammer, too and fight with it uh, against Thanos. Do you, what do you feel about the shield about the idea of destroying the shield, what it represents, what it represents to you? I mean, how do you feel about that? Delvin? How did, what is that shield? The, the stuff that they're bringing up about America's history, about Sam holding the shield. What do you think about that? I think it's fascinating because I think, if you take the shield for what it is, it's just a weapon. Yeah. But for the longest time, that shield meant something to so many people in terms of Captain America holding up with honor 
and dignity and respect. And truthfully told, it's not the same shield because the original shield was broken in Endgame. So that's the shield that he's had rebuilt and things like that by Wakanda. But the whole honor of holding that shield is important to the society because it's kind of like how, I don't know how to describe it, like how you get somebody, I'm trying to think of a good way to describe it, like, like something that is just so wholesome to so many people that means so much. I don't want to say the flag of America because the flag has multiple meanings and reasons. But the character of Captain America meant so much for so many people in this world because he was that one who stood up for the ones who, ones who couldn't fight, for the weak, for the innocent, mm. for the peaceful. Even when he was, quote, unquote, a war criminal, people were still rooting for Captain America because they knew that he was doing the right thing. And I think up to this point, that shield meant whoever was holding that shield would be doing the right thing, even if they meant sacrificing themselves in the process. John Walker works for the government. He is, to me, what I get from John Walker, like you guys said earlier, the super soldier serum brings out your basically your, your real traits. John Walker seems like he's that all-American white guy captain of the football team. He went to the military always was like top of his class in the military and stuff like that. He always seems like that guy who got his way because, because that's how life ended up working out for him. And now that he's Captain America now, he's starting to see the reality of like, hey, everything's not going to go your way. You're not always going to be the top soldier, the best thing, but you have to do the right thing. Now that is messing with him, and that's why he is kind of taming the shield because he doesn't know how to deal with not being able to get his way his privilege, what he thinks he is owed. And I think that the whole the whole show is kind of predicated on the fact that Cap gave Sam the shield because, not because he was the best fighter, not because he was the strongest, not because he was the smartest, because he, out of all the Avengers, he was the only one who, he, who Cap felt in that time would be willing to fight for what's right, no matter what the consequences yeah. are. And no matter if it even cost him his life, like the whole Winter Soldier, the whole Captain America trilogy, especially two, the second one, the third one, was based off the fact that everything Cap said, "Hey, we gotta go, st- we gotta go stop Bucky, but we gotta keep him alive." Sam, like, you know what? Let's do it. Everything Cap said, we're gonna be fugitive from justice when we do this, Bucky. Sam, are you down to do this? Let's do it. It's the right thing to do. Everything Cap said, Bucky, not well, not Bucky. Sam, one hundred percent was behind. Did not falter at all. And I think that's an important aspect of that character. And that's an important aspect of Captain America, who he is. He's very, Captain America is very loyal to the people who are loyal to him, but at the same time, he's also a person who understands the importance of caring about the little man because he was one point with the little man. He was the little guy. And if he didn't have somebody standing up for him, then he wouldn't be where he was at today. So, the shield and his legacy is very important and for the most part up to this point. If you just go based off the shield's history, up to this point, it hasn't been tainted. Now, with the person who's holding it now, he's effectively ruining the legacy of that shield. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I don't have anything to add to that. I, I was going to say the same thing, but uh, 
uh, probably far less gracefully. Um, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Like the shield has its legacy and he's fucked it up. That's, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to uh, say anything as profound as what Delvin said, but yeah, I mean, that, and that's how I feel about it too. I, 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 I think about when John first, uh, when we first met John on the show at the beginning of episode two, and you remember he was in that locker room at his high school talking to his, his wife or whatever. Yeah. And he had pressure, he had doubt, but he wanted to do the right thing. He wanted to live up to the expectations of of what it is to be Captain America. And it's interesting to see him uh, as as these the, the following two episodes progressed, how he turned into someone who became less concerned with living uh, uh, living up to what the shield meant and more concerned with living up to what the government wanted. And I think when we talk about, and, and we could talk about this uh, maybe next, I don't know, but when we talk about the idea of supremacy as it pertains to superheroes, when you throw in that, uh, that super soldier serum and it makes you more of, you know, more of who you are and you're already in that place where you're questioning yourself, you're already in that place where uh, you don't know if you can live up to the expectations of doing the right thing. It, may, it can make you into somebody who does something like that. And what Delvin said about, uh, you know, a government based Avengers versus the Avengers that we are, are currently accustomed to. I think that's where we'll start to see that concept of supremacy, because I don't I don't personally believe in that as in a in a in a whole sense that, it, you know, th- that there you can really tie the two together completely. But with this potential, like I, I like Delvin's idea of the, the, this potential like government uh government-based dark avengers like you could see it like i could see that happening there because all idea of supremacy revolves around well superiority superiority and supremacy and that's not something that we see out of out of this core group of avengers like we don't see that like these are they want to help people they're not out here to you know hey we're better than you are but john's giving me all kinds of that fucking vibe i just (laughs) thought about something that just that ties into this what i said earlier i'm glad you mentioned it one vision they were building a government version of vision yeah, that's true. Yep. They were. So that that leads into that. <clears throat> mm-hmm. That's a great point. Yeah, and I think I mean I think we should talk about the supremacy part. <clears throat> um, it made me think of where it all came from and the Nazis and Nietzsche's. I'll be idea. right back, folks. You keep oh, okay. talking. Cool. Of uh, the Ubermensch and the idea that there is some kind of uh, greater man, or like today. We have this thing that's become popular to talk about alpha males, right? Like, I'm alpha. He's a beta. Like, this kind of bullshit, which always, whenever someone says that to me, I start thinking about Nazi shit. That's that's exactly what that reminds me of, is classifying people by their base tendencies or that, that aggression um, makes you more supreme the top of the food chain you know which by the way is not true because the the way that we it's pack hunting that helped people it's working together not having lone aggressive dudes run out there and get the lion right it was smart thinking that did it and i think that's like what mike says which is that the avengers and what we have seen so far is a group of people who agreed to work together to protect Earth because it was being attacked by 
aliens, sorcerers, and androids. <laughs> right? Yeah. That's and they why. Did it for no money. Yes, That's the exactly. crazy thing about it. And they that, did it for free. Great point, Elvin, which is brought up earlier when Sam can't even get the loan for his boat and his house, though he saved the entire planet Earth. And it it makes it what they are setting up, and they have done it before with Civil War, right? Um, and the Hydra as well, which is the idea that they, they're going to have to go off on their own and that if they do come together, it has to be a coalition of the willing, right? Kind of like when people say when you get married, you, would, you wake up every day and remarry the person, right? Like every day I agree to be with them instead of this government thing. And you guys are picking up on that too. I like what you said, man, about how they were making another vision and there's all these groups that all of a sudden we haven't heard of right um that have three letter names the gcu and then making new laws and stuff i think they're setting up another interesting kind of battle here that's really cool is that in is that a comic book thing like a dark event government avengers that they set up oh yeah yeah there's definitely uh other versions of the avengers the dark avengers is a group of Avengers who are, who are, I want to say government funded, but they are run by like um, Abominations, one of them. Um, Norman Oswald funds the group. And if I remember correctly, he's wearing the Iron Man suit as well. Yeah. See, this he, is he, good stuff, man. Yeah. So, And that could bring us it, even to the X-Men because so much yeah. of the X-Men is the government and you know like senators and they they really got into that kind of political stuff when it came to the uh to the x-men yeah i think i like the direction the show is going into because they're showing you that the government what with this show one of it thus far they've shown us that the government is up some things that we may not be aware of like like we found out about sword yeah. We, we still don't know where's Nick Fury, by the way. We don't know what Nick Fury's doing. We don't know what, what and that's a good thing. We know that Nick Fury's in space working on something. That's what we know. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. He's chilling. but the fact on Earth, we're seeing these these whole other almost renegade factions of the government doing their own thing. Like like I said, they, they were making their own version of vision. So they're kind of trying to make their own makeshift Avengers. They already they got the shield from a, from Sam immediately. So they got to see. Here's our old version of Captain America. The the world needs a Captain America, which they honestly didn't need. But that shows you that they they want their version of the Avengers that they can maintain fun. And the most important part is control. Control. Yeah, Mm -hmm. control. Yeah, you're right because um, Steve was no longer doing shit like that. He had long ago abandoned being a figurehead that was that was shipped off to like car shows. You know what I'm saying? To sell shit for people. So they just get to restart that again. I love all this stuff because it really does tie into a bunch of dudes like writing these comics, tripping on acid during like the Watergate hearings thinking (laughs) that, right? Like everybody, you know, I mean, and Hey, there is a long history of, the CIA, the FBI, the NSA spying on Americans and having covert operate. This is all stuff that's real life. And it's always fun when they um, kind of put it in there. But speaking of Nick Fury, they are going to do 
the um what is it secret invasion thing right with the Cree yeah. and scroll that is going to be a tv show with samuel jackson and ben mendelson and i wonder if they're going to get into if what we're talking about here also involves that right forming a the kind of being able to control the government and a secret avengers so you're controlling earth's mightiest heroes you know so i think that that's an interesting idea too that they're playing into all this secret shit which i really love that secret shit man um me too and, <laughs> yeah um, me too and i and i think it's very interesting too because after the end of the first um the the infinity saga my thought was like okay what do you do now because you can't just do you know you can't just do some regular shit like we're gonna like we as as fans whether this is fair or not are going to be expecting some expecting them to take it up a notch which is like ridiculous to me the idea of like what what we experienced over the course of what 10 12 years something something give or take uh, what we experienced over that time was something that had not been done before and now we're kind of we're going to be looking at marvel and disney like okay what are you going to do to step it up and this this would do it like yeah. this this is cool like i i dig all this kind of shit and the the uh, and tying in the tv with the movies and and all kinds of secrets and government conspiracies like i eat that shit up man yeah. like, so uh yeah i'll be uh, and when i say i eat that shit up not li- not not like in real life i like it in my in, i like it in my film and television i don't i don't buy into that kind of shit in real life actually but neither here nor there um, I like oh, go ahead. what this show is doing so far in terms of I'm going to be super interested how because there's two more episodes left, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, two more. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be super interested on how they're going to wrap all this up because there's still a lot more stuff to go in terms of who is the power broker. Then yes. you add to where Zemo went. And I have a funny suspicion that by the end of this show, he's going to take that super soul serum. That, see that's well, that's is, what is there I any thought. For him? See, Adel, you know what, Delvin? This is what I was gonna. This is this. This is exactly what I was gonna say. Is when uh, last episode. Remember, I was talking about how they showed the vials when the place was yeah. burning, and then the one was missing. And then here he keeps on stomping on all the vials, and then there's like kind of weird cuts where maybe he could have reached down and taken one or. I don't know. I just got this. We, he picked one up at a certain point and they, I, he looked at it and he, it was with such disdain. But for a second, I felt like he was going to take it. I did too. And, and, yeah. and I remember last episode, I felt like, is he going to end up taking it too? So I'm glad that you said that Delvin. Cause I, I get the feeling that they're because the truth of the matter is he too is a supremacist. Come on. Yes. This That's motherfucker driving yeah. around in a private jet and talking about everywhere he goes, when we were, this used to be a great place. Now look at it. You know, like he's this. <laughs> I'm he, a baron. I, yeah, exactly. That's like the epitome <laughs> of this. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, you know, he was never too far from Hydra to begin with. Right. So I think that it would, it would play perfectly to have him, you know, you can't beat him, join him, or to think that because he was, I am pure, I am great, this will make me even better. 
You know what I'm saying? It won't affect me. So I like that. Delvin, I love that idea. I can honestly see him wanting to destroy the rest of the Super Soldier Vios so no one else can become a Super yeah. Soldier. But that doesn't exclude him from becoming that dominant force and kind of wanting to take over himself. Like everything he's been saying about how he wants to, how the, soldier, the, the vial is dangerous. He doesn't want to create other super soldiers because he knows superheroes are a dangerous threat. Yeah, He's referring to that power being willed by other people. He's not referring to that power being willed by himself. That's exactly why I thought he was going to take it in that moment. Like in that moment when he picked up that first vial, I was like, he's going to take that shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's how well, that's how these people always are, right? Mm-hmm. I'm the least yeah. racist person in the world. <laughs> yes, very much so. Yeah. Right. Like he thinks he's the, so um, I do want to I do want to say it is kind of funny speaking of Zemo uh, about how when the fight broke out in his lair and his lair is kind of cool, too. I like the where he's like, we've got to go somewhere. And they're like, where are we going? Just some lair I have. It's a big, cool room. Don't worry about it. It'll look nice. But how he like slips out and hot and like runs away while everyone is fighting. Um, I also wanted to mention the Swedish delights when he's getting the candy. Oh, the, oh, the, the candy? To yeah. the little kids. Yeah. Like, what the fuck was up with that? Does, can someone explain that to me? Like, when he first said, when he, they're at the lair and he asked Sam and Bucky, do you want a Swedish delight? And then they show <laughs> them. I was like, am I missing something here? Or is that is that code for something that I don't know about? Or I don't know. I don't think the candy was it's just itself weird. was special. I think it, I think it was meant to show us that uh, it was meant to show us Zemo's powers of manipulation. Okay. Yes. Okay. That, good. I like the way that. I looked at that, it. Okay. I don't I think. Thought, it, I think it was okay. Turkish delight. Turkish uh, delight was the name of the okay, candy. I, I don't even know what that is because I don't eat candy. I was like, is that a real candy? Or I think is that it's like toffee made up. Or it's like I, I toffee. Oh, okay. Like salt water toffee, I think it is. Taffy or however you yeah. call it. Yeah. It was how they framed those, those sequences of events. Because it was okay. like he offers it to them. They tell him to fuck off or whatever. And then he, uh, then they show, uh, they show us Sam and Bucky unsuccessfully trying to get the information that, right. that Zemo does successfully get because of the candy. Like, uh, it's just meant to show us like this guy. No, this guy is a manipulative Good. motherfucker okay, like and that. it's going to, and it's going to come back around. I thought I point. missed something. And that was like from an earlier movie or it was a comic reference or something. If it is, it was but, lost on me. Okay. Turkish delight is 100% a thing. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. That, that's, that's interesting. Wait, you mean in real life or within the MCU or within real, Marvel, I should say real life. Oh, Turkish okay. delight is a family of confections based on a gel of starch and sugar. Yeah. That's the Wikipedia for it. Yeah, it's okay. like it's like toffee, salt water yeah. taffy or toffee or whatever the fuck you're going to call it. Yeah. Um so where so, do you think Zemo went off to? Good. Um I have no fucking clue. Um <laughs> I, the only thing I can think of is 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 he's I think like I've said before and I think I said it on the the initial reaction that I did for this for this episode is that Baron Zemo is the kind of guy who is always playing the long game. And I think the long game, uh, the end of his long game is something that we have yet, obviously that we have yet to see. And obviously something also that we have not been given enough information to predict. So I think that like him escaping through that, that sewer or whatever, I, I think this was all part of his plan. Like, like this, is, and we're just seeing it unfold. And since, you know, he was broken out of prison and, and been with them ever since, we haven't been given any clues purposefully 
to have any idea of what this long long term plan is. And we're still supposed to be in a space. Well, maybe not anymore. But up to this point, we were supposed to be in a space where uh, he's helping. You know, he's he's just kind of, you know, along for the ride. But he's clear. He very clearly has an agenda. The way he searched for that gun uh, when they were in the scientist's office, like you said, the the his his. Is he going to take the serum? Is he not going to take the serum uh, escaping like he's been doing a whole lot of like underhanded shit, just in, in very subtle, like the way they've been they've been doing it with him. He clearly has a long term game plan and an agenda. And it's just a matter of uh, how what what it is and when we're going to get there. I'm assuming he was probably he's he might be in league with the power broker to some mm-hmm. extent. Um, it would just be a matter of to what degree because if you are in league with the power broker why would you aid avengers in finding him or her so it it, but again it's zemo man like he's got some fucking plan i think that um there's a makeshift army out there of flag smashers that need a leader and who else better than baron zemo to influence like hey you guys are doing things the wrong way let me show you the right way to do things Are, are you talking about a group separate from the flag smashers we've seen so far or are you talking about he will take over for carly he will end up taking over for carly and voting certain members in that community itself because when he went and talked to those kids he specifically pointed out like hey those guys are the bad guys they're not gonna do nothing for you he's dropping seeds to everybody about who's the bad guys and giving them salt water taffy let's call a spade a spade zemo has a lot of money yeah. So all he has to do is just go drop some money in this community saying, Dude, I'm going to take care of you. The Flag Smashers aren't being run properly. Let's give them some funding. Let's let's get them on the right direction. And Zemo is the type of manipulative person who can take over an organization just like that. Yeah. I like that. And it, and it clues yeah. into his supremacy speech. He can use that same argument on them. Like, she made the wrong decision here. She chose... To go with them, uh, where I thought you were going to say she chose violence, and I was going to be like, "Oh, yeah. actually, the Game of Thrones reference." <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true. She did. She chose violence, right? And he can kind of. I love that idea, Del. I love it because the scene when we see the flag smashers all hanging out in some abandoned whatever it was, right? And they're all looking at their phones. And by the way, they were all watching like it was like. Um, what it what vertical their phone was right like they it was like long i thought that was so weird the way it was like the newscast was supposed to be that i don't know it's just a (laughs) i thought it was strange but anyway they were all upset about the dead people right yeah they were all looking so they were just nico didn't like it right and now nico's dead and she killed battlestar too so i think that that is a great idea And they've talked again and again and again about how this flag smasher thing, we're seeing this little group, but they keep on telling us and showing us this is a worldwide organization that has a lot of support. It is like a big, like internet phenomenon among people, right? Um, And so I think that that's a great idea that he takes advantage of that. MCU Q and I. Yeah, I was just going to say that. (laughs) Except, except there's kind of good though, right? Like if he says she went the wrong way, she did wrong. We shouldn't be hurting people. We should be helping. 
he might be able to somehow even legitimize that organization yeah. and work with the government in some way in the future, right? I mean, they all like See, each other, the money. Smart enough to manipulate that whole organization and take it over without them even realizing, hey, look, the person y'all have running it right now is causing too many casualties to your people. Yeah. That's you great. guys aren't doing big enough acts to have this much casualties. Like, I can show you the way to where you guys need to be at and how we can really topple this government. Because that's all it's really about. It's about people who are disenfranchised trying to shake up the system enough to make right things happen. Yeah. But a lot of times you have these type of specific groups, what they think is right and what is 100% right doesn't always gel together, especially when the leadership at the top is faltered. Because Carly, let's call her Spanish, but she doesn't know what she's doing. She doesn't, like, she doesn't know the consequences of her actions. Her whole idea, her plan literally was, hey, to solve our problem, let's kill Captain America. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was her only plan. Which wouldn't have solved their problems at all. That would made their nope. problems a it lot worse. It was really worse. dumb. Yeah. Yeah. And it was also in much in the same way um, with John. They're, they're like two sides of the same coin in a sense because it was just based on her vengeance, right? She wanted yeah. vengeance for someone who died, which was what we do in the whole funeral thing. Um, there were – I do want to talk a little bit about the power broker. Um but I do, I do want to say that I did think that there were the speech that Carly gave and the conversation with Sam, and particularly when Sam said, I agree with your fight, just not the way you're fighting it, made mm -hmm. me think, Delvin, you're talking about Zemo maybe taking over the Flag Smashers. Could we see Sam and Bucky somehow help mm. them, reform them, um, you know? Because it seems like Sam and and he keeps on telling Bucky too, hey, they're just trying to help people out. Maybe, you know, they're going about it the wrong way, but I believe I can talk to her. He seemed to have this deep core belief that I, that what they're doing is right. He even argued, hey, how would you feel if, you know, for five years, the whole world came together and joined as one to help each other. And then in one instant, that all disappeared because you had to worry about, you know, and all of the same institutions came back. You would be pissed off, too. So I think that there maybe we'll even see Sam go off with them and Bucky do his thing or whatever. But um, I do think that at the in the essence, that flag smasher thing, like you're saying, Delvin, it's like. That's kind of like a crew that's out there that's not going to just go away because Carly dies or like the leader or something, right? It can be kind of turned a different way. I like I that. What do you think about the uh, – let's kind of end it off here. I think we've done a great job of chatting. This has been great, guys. What do you all think uh, – any new theories or ideas about the power broker we did get to see – um, Sharon here a little bit, and she's talking about Madripoor's blowing up. The power broker's upset. You know, we get a little phone call with her where she was going through like a neat little thing where the <laughs> it looked like a video game where they set up the blockades and you have to walk <laughs> your guy through the video game. You know, yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know. Any ideas about did that for me? I mean, I'll start off because I don't really have much to say. I still, I, I don't know. 
she said she was going to try to help, but then she really just said like, you've got to see this through. So I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't really get much from that, to be honest. Uh, I don't, I, I, I'll go next cause I don't have much either, but um, I'm still standing with my uh, theory that she's the power broker. I didn't have anything. Even though there wasn't much, uh, much done with her in this episode, I didn't see anything that made me think she is not the power broker. And then, like you said, at the end of that phone conversation, when you said she said something like, we just got to get this done. But she also said something like, you have to find Carly. And that is something that Sharon, the good person, would say. And that's also something that the power broker would say. So I I didn't hear anything that made me think she is no that made me go, oh, it's not Sharon. So I was I will say this. If she's not the power broker, it needs to be someone cool. That's the power broker. What do you mean by someone cool? I like that. Like you just can't you can't have some random ass person be like, hey, this is the power broker. Like, oh yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. yeah, it can't just be some random of like, who the fuck is that? Yes. No, no, it has yeah. to be somebody important. Oh, yeah. oh, that reminds me. Did you guys see? Uh, I think it was uh, it was today actually. Yeah, yeah, it was earlier today that someone involved with the show, I can't recall who it was, like an executive producer. So I don't know some shit said that uh, there's a character appearance of the next episode that's like massive. Like somebody that we haven't seen who is steeped in Marvel lore um, and who they want to work with Thor in the future. Interesting. Yeah. So there's some big character reveal coming in the next episode. So that could tie in with if if it's obviously not Sharon. And you said it. and, And I agree. The power broker needs to be somebody important. It can't just be a random motherfucker. Like, what if this person this this big character appearance is ends up being the power broker they didn't say if it was a good guy or a bad guy they just said there's gonna be a big deal character that shows up in the next episode so could That's be interesting well yeah I think but, cool. well, I, well we didn't i don't know if we mentioned in this show you did in the beginning of your instant reaction but I totally did think that Black Panther was going to show up in the beginning. <laughs> That's what too. Andy said yeah. last episode. Oh, Andy had another prediction. Okay. okay. He says old Steve Rogers is going to old cap is going to show up. And because hmm. this has gotten so worldwide that he's going to have to somehow step in and try to make things right in some way. Um, I don't know. I could see that, but I don't know if that would really help at all because I don't think that, I don't know. I just, I feel like that the government, I, I'm, I'm kind of picking up on this and I really do think they're going to try to spin this to make this, um, somehow Bucky or Sam or Carly's fault, not John Walker's fault. Uh, that he was protecting people in some way, but that would be kind of cool. But as far as another character, I, I don't know. But I agree, though. The power broker better be somebody cool. I think it should be interesting, and it would be cool that I like if it is someone that ties into the rest of the MCU. I think that's cool, right? To kind of bring it out to that is a good idea um, because they are entering like the X-Men territory here. I think we can all agree that they're getting a lot more X-Men stuff in here, whether it's the government, Madripoor, like all this different kind of stuff is happening. So I like it. The power broker is Magneto. Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> I, I have a pie in the sky, which who I, who I wish it is. I don't know. I, I'm almost certain it's not him, 
Well, I have two people I'm almost certain it's not, but it would be cool if they were. My first pick is um, it would be cool if it's Wilson Fist. It was straight up Kingpin from Daredevil. Especially if since um, Matt Murdock apparently is going to be in the next Spider-Man movie. And also, I, now that you said that, it reminded me of this description in the tweet that I saw. Whoever it was said that the character reveal is someone who is grounded in the MC in the Marvel universe. So take take King- take what meaning with that. Take whatever meaning of that you will. But um, I that feels Wilson Fisky to me. I I can get with that. Either Wilson Fisk or another character who I don't think they, they haven't shown the MCU yet. I think it'd be cool to introduce this way. Tombstone. Hmm. Tombstone's kind of a kingpin type character. He's super strong because he has a hard head and things like that. That would be an interesting character to just bring in the MCU. That could still be the power broker. Yeah, yeah. I I, I don't think that, that wouldn't be I don't think that would be the big reveal character though. Um so if 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 Tombstone is the power broker, then the big reveal character would have to be someone else. Because I feel like the big reveal character is someone that we're already going to know. And that, I'm sorry, that we've already seen. But wait, somewhere. they said this person is connected to Thor, you said? No, they said that they want this character to work with Thor. I'll see if I can find the tweet because I haven't okay. tweeted very much today. So That's I shouldn't have to scroll I don't down know. There's so many different characters it. and they do so much spinning on stuff that I have. I don't know. I don't think I know well enough the comics to be able to guess who's someone that might come in other than, I mean, you, you think at this point it, it just has to relate to other characters. So maybe you're kind of thinking outside the box a little bit, which I don't know, whoever it is, okay. it'll be fun. So I found the two tweets. The first one okay. is from 22 hours ago. At least it was 22 hours ago when I, uh, when it was tweeted and I retweeted it, but um, it says the Falcon and Winter Soldier creator, Malcolm Spellman hypes up episode five, teasing that viewers are going to cry when it airs. He says the surprise cameo will be, he says the surprise cameo that suggested we already knew there was going to be one. He says the surprise cameo will be a very, a quote, very grounded existing Marvel comics character end quote that he wants to see side by side with Thor. And then a second tweet that, uh, was more recent uh, says Falcon and winter soldier secret character is reportedly a quote unquote, big unannounced Marvel character played by an award winning actor. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. But they could be fucking with us again. Just like when, uh, hmm. what's his name said? I want to, uh, this is the greatest person I've ever acted with. And it was himself. Um, <laughs> right. So, right. I mean, that's why I never get to like Paul Bettany. Yeah. Paul Bettany. That's you, just, <laughs> you never know who it could be. I mean, uh, you know, it, it could be a host of different people, but either way, I think it'll be fun. It'll be cool. We'll be here next week talking about it. Delvin, did you have anything that you wanted to say before we head out or any final ideas or any, you want to tell us where we can find you anything you want? You got the floor. I'm just super excited to see how this show ends. And I hope, unlike WandaVision, which I don't think needs a second season, I hope they have a second season planned for the show. Okay. I think this show is worthy of a second season. I think I like the concept of Marvel doing their own thing in TV shows that kind of blend into the actual MCU movie universe. And I want to see them do more of that. And I'm this show to me, is a more 
palatable show than WandaVision is in terms of it's a show that can reach the mass audiences and it, you don't have to feel like, well, I don't know what the hell just happened here, but it's cool because it's WandaVision. Mm-hmm. No, you can, you can enjoy this show whether you are a big MCU fan or not a big MCU fan. I think that matters a lot. Cool. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. Uh, I think that WandaVision, uh, I, I, I can't remember how you framed it, but I, I, I feel that WandaVision should not have a second season. I yes, don't think that correct. there is, I don't think that, the, I don't think it needs no. one. I don't think there's anything there for it. I think it was meant to serve a purpose as this self-containing story that, you know, with the, with that other vision that the government made, that can uh, bleed into the MCU and that's fine and that's enough. But I felt like that was a very self-contained story that was kind of meant to just set up whatever story they want to tell with how it ended, like the introduction of Sword, the introduction of Monica, the the other vision that they made, all those like that stuff can bleed into the MCU. But this show, this is something that you can continue doing, especially if they kind of do Axel and you, uh, you, you guys idea of them essentially ending up as being the bad guys painted as such at the end of this, at the end of this season, because I mean, we obviously we're not, we know the next several movies that they're going to be putting out and none of them are Falcon and Winter Soldier. So that could be something that they do. You know, they, yeah. they paint these guys out as bad guys, have them on the lamb. And now they're, now it's instead of a, instead of a buddy, uh buddy spy movie. Now we get a buddy, uh, escape movie i don't fucking know but you know so, something like that you know so that that'd be pretty cool i, I think yeah. this is something that uh can and i'm not gonna say should i'll wait till it's over but uh this is something that that is built to have a run where like you can have a couple seasons of this that kind of play concurrently with the movies kind of you know maybe maybe have them you know intersect a little bit and you know that's it i don't think loki i, I haven't seen it yet obviously but loki also feels like something's more in vain with wandavision where it's going to be just a self-contained story that will kind of just give us a little bit that you know into the mcu but yeah I, I hope they have a second season too yeah yeah cool man i i agree i think that it's for anything it's just format right like this has a format that is more sustainable to interchanging characters, plot lines. You know, it's an espionage, spy, action, thriller. Um, It's fun, and it just keeps it moving. And WandaVision had more of a, um, a single kind of like artistic expressive, like a single idea to it, right? Like it was a feeling and i don't i think that if they did another season it would have to be something totally different right and i never discount hell you know if if freaking damon lindelof was like i want to do another season of wandavision i'd be like okay let's we're podcasting it let's go i'd be all yeah, in damon for lindelof it like does it? Fuck yeah, we're create, podcasting it, it. You know, yeah. that's why i say like whatever if if somebody good can do something i'm all for it but i do agree with you that the format of this show and four episodes in i could easily see this expanded and me enjoying it week to week and almost it being like kind of a, a bit better agents of shield yeah you know where we yeah. have a, a closer tie in to the mcu bigger stars better budget um, and you know, so far I'm loving it and I have loved this uh, time with you two as well. It's been amazing. Delvin, before we go, can you tell us where we can find you again on the interwebs? You can check me out on Twitter at Delvin underscore Cox. Check out the Delvin Cox experience and garbage opinions podcast 
anywhere you get podcasts. Yeah. And you'll hear DJ Tim Hines on that, too. Always got to mention that. Just mute, mute his parts out. <laughs> if, if you want to hear, if you want to hear DJ Tim Hines get shit on for about forty-five minutes, that's a really good one for you. It's a really good one for you to listen to. Wait, he doesn't play house music on the podcast. Do you ever let him DJ at all? No, <laughs> absolutely not. At not. All. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everybody, this has been fantastic. Next week, we're going to have Tony Teflon coming on to talk with us. Another amazing guest, so check out Tony on the YouTubes as well. Um, Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Delvin. Thank you, everyone, for downloading, subscribing, leaving reviews. Thank you to Claire. Thank you to Andy. Scott had a a comment, too, on Facebook, but I think it was more of a kind of joke between uh, me not liking the Snyder Cut and him not liking the Marvel. So we didn't get too into it, but (laughs) thank you, Scott, for your time and energy. We do still appreciate it that you typed something in for us. Um, Thanks again, everyone. Peace out. Peace. Peace. Today's deep dive into Falcon and Winter Soldier is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, cufflinks.com. Head on over to cufflinks.com slash DVR for all your men's apparel needs, baby. They've got cufflinks. They've got tie bars. They've got pins. They've got ties, socks, All the awesome stuff that you need to look good when you step out your door in the morning or when you turn on that computer and you're on Zoom. Because let's face it, people, you still got to look good. Come on. Enough with the bedhead. We're a year in. The light is at the end of the tunnel. We got to start thinking about the future, people. Looking good out there in public. So head on over to cufflinks.com now. Use code DVR20 and save 20% off your order. No minimum. Go to cufflinks.com slash DVR today.